Why, hello there. This is DJ Art of the High Score 510 Podcast. First of all, I would like to thank you for listening to our show. Second of all, I want to remind you with a shameless plug of our Patreon page. Join our growing community and help support an indie podcast. The perks of being a patron, you ask? Number one, you'll get our weekly quick hitters. Number two, you'll get feature conversations that are too hot for our regular show. And number three, we cannot leave out number three, why Jesus will bless you. So go check out patreon.com backslash highscore510. And for the price of a tall pumpkin spice latte, you can help DJ Art get the newest choker from Claire. Wait, who, who wrote this? Who wrote, who wrote this? Seriously. That's fucked up, man. This isn't a choker. Is is real pearls, bitch. Regardless of which, we appreciate your support and hope you enjoy the show. Twerking is acceptable at the strip clubs or any black church where the preachers got a lot of money. If the preacher drives a Rolls Royce, it's okay to twerk in that church. Because obviously they worshiping white Jesus, which gives <laughs> you that freedom to repent on Monday and Sunday. Saturday you sin. Now when I was an usher at Joe Holstein's church, it's like Please don't bring that black stuff in here. I used to say that at the door. I used to say that at the door before you say, hey, all that hollering, hooping, and praying in tongues, we don't do that. We don't do that here. Joel is the center of attention here, not you. Exactly. You see how beautiful Joel Osteen is? You sit in that chair. See, you see, you want to know the black people that sit in the front row? Because they quiet. (laughs) Not you. Not you. You in the back. (laughs) When we say applaud, that's when you get a little loud, not all that loud. Oh, all right, I, I'm out of this conversation. Now. <laughs> ain't, ain't no, ain't no usher here. Ain't no Holy Ghost dancing. We don't do that here. The only time I got the Holy Ghost in me like that, Michael, was the first time I laid with a woman. I called my mom. <laughs> I ain't tell her what I did, but I called her. Jerry, you missed some online play. Kevin, Jackson, Lee, Pedro. And how'd you guys do when oh, I got off, Pedro? You got to win. It's 2.30 or 1.30 your time. Damn. 12.30 at night? Who was it? Against the juggernaut. Who was it? It was me, me, Jose, me, Jose, Kevin, and Chris. Okay. And, and I told so him. You played to Jackson. We was balling. I said, Well, yeah, one of those games, I don't know if you realize, one of those games that we played, did you see how many kills we had? Is that the one we finished 17th? We didn't yeah, finish we, we finished like 17. We, yeah, finished, we didn't finish well, but we had like the combined 25 kills. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, how did we place? How do we finish so low? You know what Eddie Murphy said in uh, Hollow Nice? It's not how many people you shoot. It's who you shoot. Well, that was a game. It was funny because we were scrambling that whole game. It wasn't even like it was we were yeah. we were balling at one point, but we kept putting people down. No, so. we had a juggernaut in between TV station and downtown, you know, where the, you know, stadium and the, we was on a bank where Big Blue is. We had high ground on everybody. And Chris and Kevin was just picking people off with sniper rifles. And I was shooting the juggernaut with the, with the um, RPG. <laughs> you know, about to come around, we ambushed them. Uh, I don't know where Brandon is. I just made him mad. I don't know why you acted like you didn't do something. I didn't make him mad. I ain't man. I didn't make him mad. If he got mad over that, he he set himself up for that. Trying to tell me, trying to tell me I owe Levar Ball an apology. 
All right, well, y'all ready to start the show? I'm ready to start. I've been ready. Oh, let me let me start. And uh, I, I got to do my introduction, and then uh, and then I'll be back on. I'll, I'll do most of the show on driving. I uh, I guess. They got you working. I today? thought they. I thought you. I thought they fired you. You just was lying, talking about you had the day off all these weeks. Man, I couldn't get fired if I wanted to this month. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, you, you drove a truck <laughs> off of the train. Can you, can you get Can you get back and get the next one? Can you skip the hospital visit and get back and get the other one? That literally happened. That literally happened. <laughs> not. Oh shit, that's crazy. All right, well, uh, Michael, I need a letter. You know, I've been thinking about this one. I'm gonna have to say your favorite letter, N. N. Oh. <laughs> I like your reasoning where you came with it. Yeah. Oh. Um. <laughs> you know, Brandon wants us to use a lot, a lot fewer words with that start with the letter N. So uh, I'm not sure if this is a good idea, but uh, <laughs> uh, Nancy Reagan, Negroes, nincompoops. Nuance, uh, nonviolent, nostalgic niggas. Sorry, I had to say it. I couldn't hold back. <laughs> I like the pause. <laughs> I was trying not to do it, and then I couldn't help myself. It just came out. So you know, yeah, no. Anyways, uh... <laughs> taking tests and stuff, learning how to say nigger. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Working now. <laughs> there it goes. Uh, <laughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the High Score 510 podcast. You can catch us at High Score 510 on the Instagram, the YouTube, and uh, look for Hipster Horcrux on the Twitter. You can also email the show at highscore510.fans at gmail.com and check us out on our Patreon page if you want to get exclusive content, including our quick hitters, and just support our independent podcast so that we don't have to worry about sponsors quite as much, even though we still are looking for a sponsor. Anyways, our Patreon page is patreon.com backslash highscore510. So check it out for all our exclusive content. We are here with... Uh, this is Aaron Grayson, also known as AG3. I'm coming at you faster than Mel Gibson and Conspiracy Theory. That's because I've been working real hard, people, and that's right. Before the year's over, I will prove how Drake is one of the executive members of the Proud Boys. True story. Arby Graham in the wheelchair. Drake! Yes! <laughs> Y'all niggas better stop playing with me. <laughs> Y'all talking about the light-skinned nigga from DeGeneres? <laughs> And we are here with. Hello, everybody. It's your friendly truck driving captain, Captain P Funk. And I'm coming at you faster than uh, Keisha Cove that can't sing. All she do is holla. Versus that. I agree. Ooh, baby. I got Popeyes. Maybe they could do a versus, like one of these verses with him. And, um, what was that white dude in blackface that used to do all the tap dancing back in the day? And just have them do a versus battle. <laughs> him singing about Popeyes and the white dude in black. Oh what was it? You know which white dude I'm talking about? Always the dancer. Was it Fred Astaire or somebody? Damn I don't man. know. I'll, I'll figure out before the show over, but that should be the next versus battle. The Popeyes <laughs> singing and him. And we're here with our guest today. Our guest, uh, you want to introduce yourself? 
Yeah, my name is Money Mike. I am coming at you faster than the white around Jared's lips. <laughs> <laughs> That's coming fast. We got a box full of price. The Cajun and Spice. Oh, oh, oh. I forgot. You got to tell me there was more than one verse. <laughs> so, I can dig if that. You, if you studied it, he's on Instagram. He's a, uh, I guess, one of them Instagram singers or whatever. I, I found out I was going to send that to Jared, but I didn't know he sung that, uh, had a second verse to that song. Dude, he yeah, had a, it, he had a whole thing. He had a oh, whole no. thing. Y'all didn't know, I didn't know that. I went and found it, and it was like a minute long. He sang oh. about everything he had in his goddamn bag. Oh, <laughs> he didn't sing about the hot sauce in his bag? Did he talk about choking on the biscuit, too? We got no biscuits after the fries. He talked about a biscuit. Where's he from? Uh, well, did he have the honey on it at least? <laughs> he didn't talk about the honey. He didn't. He didn't mention the honey. Uh, imitation honey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dude. <laughs> Anyways, my name is Jared, aka DJ Art, with two T's for a double dose of that tink tink. The D is silent, so it's just jart. Here's my sound bite, real quick. Or it's not really a sound bite, but I'm gonna just share this. Cause I, I love, ah, if you know me, I love beautiful white woman and beautiful white women that stand up to the man. The, the pull book, the pull book is completely off, completely off. Off that by 30,000? I'd say that pull book is off by over a hundred thousand. That pull book. Why don't you look at the registered voters on there? How many registered voters are on there? Did you do you even know the answer to that? <laughs> Boy, she just <laughs> illegitimized all black people. <laughs> just... did, hey, so did you read where she like the charges got dropped? Something happened. She was under investigation or got arrested because she sent her ex-husband's new like wife porn. And then oh, she, she oh, made yeah. a false claim. She made yeah. a false claim. She once she got arrested with a different name, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. And she made a false claim that the ex-wife stole it from him. But then they found out through the research that she sent it to the ex-wife and tried to set her up. I didn't know oh, that she was story, in the but I know that it was, she was sending. Um, I guess the sex. She tape was. It, it was. It, it was sex tapes of her and her ex-husband. I'm just saying the numbers are not off by thirty thousand votes. So I know what I saw. That they're filling in I know what names? I saw, and I signed something saying that if I'm wrong, I can go to prison. Okay. Did you? <laughs> I mean, when Giuliani tried to stop her at one point, he said you knew it was all bad. He tried to stop her a couple of times. You knew it was bad. He's like, look, do you realize the outrageous shit that I've said in the past three weeks, and I'm still trying to hush you up? I don't know what uh, world we in. <laughs> But I have never seen any acting like this at the top level. It is, just, <laughs> I mean, of course, at least they used to do it with a lot of intelligence, mm-hmm. a lot of people backing them. Now they just sound absolutely goofy. It is, yeah. it is hilarious. So I kind of would almost, I guess I don't really rather it be the other way around, which is like, they just have people that just disappear you and they just have murder squads that'll come kill people. Like, I, I'm glad we've uh, advanced beyond that and that uh, uh, Trump don't got the power just to have murder squads out here making people disappear. <laughs> Instead, he, he getting I'm not, these. I'm not he getting... sure about that. <laughs> Did you see how some of these Republican um, 
Senators be active. It's like, uh, oh, yeah, sure. I'm not saying that he won the election, but he won the election. But I'm not saying it. The dude from Oklahoma, I'm like, what, is, what does he have for you, to, for you to lie like that? Dude, he won your state. So why are you even, why are you even in the conversation? That's what had me puzzled. There's some going on. There's some weird stuff going on. But at least, at least it's like a good, uh, really bad reality show. Like a really terrible tv show so i don't know there, there's the, the rationale going around is like is like watching these people like in big brother or something like that or like uh a, a real world road rules road, road rules challenge or something like that so hey man those are some of the greatest shows man those shows those shows beyond hit <laughs> man they beyond hit they're terrible for our society but they are hit they are entertaining <laughs> uh anyways well uh we're here with mike Mike, you want to tell us a little about yourself and, uh, you know, what I'm saying uh, what is you do or just, you know, what uh, 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 what is your background with sports also? You know, I don't know if I can go into detail about that because uh, <laughs> they might find me. <laughs> I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about with that, Mike, but I'll explain that later. I, I've been wrestling with that all week. I explain it later. Keep going, Mike. Well, yeah. So what's your background as far as where are you from? I am from uh, Middle Tennessee. Don't want to specify where, but, uh, you know, to go on uh, my background in sports, like I've mainly focused, you know, I tried to go the athletics route and do that uh, collegiate athletics, but decided to pivot and change paths and try to go more the recreation side of things. So I've done stuff with some veterans, done stuff with, um, you know, kids with disabilities, people with disabilities, and but mm-hmm. also just um regular club level sports so yeah okay so you're working helping out with recreational sports uh in the community getting kids and veterans and students uh you know opportunities to play different sports what 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 is the one uh activity or sport that uh, you've had the most fun helping organize i say wheelchair basketball mm-hmm. what was your what was like your introduction to to even getting into that or or, or helping organize that you know, when I was in grad school, they had a tournament um, on our campus and I just volunteered for it and I got involved with that. Um, you know, there's there's people that are that don't have any disabilities at all that play. And then there's some of the people that do. Um, and then I just saw how competitive it was. And just like I was like, man, this is actually pretty dope. So I just, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of enjoy trying to start that up in the area that I'm in right now. Have you played wheelchair basketball at all? Have you tried it out? I have not, mm. but I mean, man, they go hard out there. So I don't know. I'm, I'm be I'm be kind of skeptical about getting out there with them. So. Well, you remember Tori, uh, Tori from uh, camps. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He he was talking about like they uh they gave him a chance to strap in and actually try it, and he's like, that's just pretty fun, but it's pretty gangster. So apparently, yeah. you know, it's a uh, collisions and and I'm always yeah. worried I'm gonna get my yeah. fingers caught up in, in the spokes or something like that. So I, I, I was always afraid to try it out just for fun as people were like trying to get people to understand what you got to do to be a part of that sport. But anyways, Aaron, you had a question? Yeah, uh, Mike, you ever done uh, little people basketball? What is that? You know, little people like uh, what people used to unpolitically correct called, you know, small people, midgets, the things back in the day. You, you, as you specialize in that? I have not done that. If you did do that, would you change the rules if they were playing a, a, a celebrity game, kind of a celebrity fundraiser game where the high school kids can't get a rebound to the ball, hit the court? 
you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how I would I would go about it. You know, that's you ever seen is. Bad Santa? No. Nope. You never I seen Bad not. Santa? What movie what else was he in, Jared? He's what he's one fan? of the main main black uh, little person actors that you might have seen like in the nineties and early two thousands, uh, throughout the early two mid two thousands. Yeah, his name is TC something. So we played against him in high school and they had a rule we couldn't get a rebound to the ball hit the ground. I just thought he had much more swag and you know, I, I thought that was unfair. It was all about equality, right, Mike? How do you teach equality if I can't get a rebound to hit the ground? <laughs> Aaron's still holding on to that story. I know, right? He looks bad. Dude, they was catching it before it hit the ground. Like they would run under it. So it was like, it was, it was very few rebounds to get. In news, True Kitchen and Cocktails in Dallas is under fire after the owner came out with a rant against women twerking. 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 It was not twerking in his restaurant. Uh, here's the video. I invested a lot of money into buying this building and to developing this concept so black people can have somewhere nice to go to, okay? Somewhere where we can feel good about ourselves as a... I mean, you know, I kind of agree with him. It's, I mean, it's his, it's his restaurant, his choice to how he wanted to go with it. I understand where he was coming from. I totally understand. Like, he's trying to build a little bit more class restaurant, right? Probably could have said it a little differently. It would have come off a little better. I think that's the main thing. Like, I would have probably just not yell at people who are patron the restaurant right now. <laughs> not curse them out at the end. That was the whole thing. I was like, you didn't have to curse them out. Like, mm-hmm. I think it would have been more well received if he came out with the same, the same, you know, his, his whole reason, like, hey, man, I started this restaurant for us so we can have nice food and can eat nice things and do this. And I just, I'm not a fan of the twerking. I'm trying to be, have a class up place, right? Just, I'm yeah. not a fan of it here. Mm. There's other places for it. I mean, he did have a DJ too. I mean, that's part of the reason. I mean, maybe it was, you know, he's caught in a hard place, right? Like he's trying to have a place that he's trying to welcome his African-American patrons, right? and mm. try to make them feel comfortable and have the DJ and the music, but then he doesn't want the twerking, which I could totally understand. Uh, the message was great, just how he delivered it could have possibly been better. So wait a minute, you, you called it patrons? Is that what you said? Uh, the people who are coming in, yeah, buying the food, they're eating. Man, you gotta give him a match for that. <laughs> what is it? Patrons. 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 Anyways, Mike, so what's your take on 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 this uh, situation and, and the way he handled it? Man, like I had saw it coming across Twitter because like I went to grad school in Texas. So I had some people who live in Dallas and the Houston area talking about it. Um, and I was like, 
you know how the cancel culture and you know everybody's talking about how it's canceled now but um i mean if that's what he wanted to do if that's you know how he wanted to go about it i mean so be it i guess but you know honestly i would be i'll be going in there twerking for that for the fun of it you know what i'm saying you know uh well, yeah he came in well i guess the i saw a clip and he was talking uh he was being interviewed about it afterwards and he said he did kind of regret the the language he used the way he yeah yeah the yeah, way he the conveyed way. it and and i think um i think what he said was that it sounded like he was frustrated because he had already asked the ladies to stop uh dancing on furniture and that's that's what he's focused on is the furniture but they were twerking on the furniture so so then he focused on the, the thing that like obviously they're just like they didn't listen the first time so now i'm gonna call out what the bullshit it is that you're doing mm-hmm. but i did see a clip where there was a lady who was standing on a chair with her hands on a glass uh window or whatever and she was dancing and uh i think that was the final straw but yeah his language and 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 sticking to what it is that is unacceptable i think was really important because he did say he did it for the culture and so i guess that that gets me to my next component of this conversation is like like where does maybe twerking for you not for not for the culture not for everybody but in your eyes what is twerking fit into recognizable black culture or or a substantiated part of black culture in current day um context and in just black culture in general context where does that fit in for you i'll let mike go first on this one <laughs> you know my goodness i don't know how to how i can associate myself with twerking man i, I just can't do it you know i would like i said if i were to go to this restaurant i'd probably do it out of spite but in general my feelings about <laughs> twerking in general i'm not <laughs> just busting out and doing it like you know i I feel like it's kind of raunchy just a little bit just a little bit i know it's for the culture everybody likes to you know uh do that kind of thing but hey teachers on like you know for me i don't i'm not a huge fan of it but hey if you want to do it go ahead if somebody came in your house though mike and you was having like a nice dinner with some friends and you guys were maybe popping a bottle here and there. You guys are having a good time. It's like, it's like a, a birthday barbecue or a cookout. Sorry, Mike, a birthday yeah, cookout, yeah, cookout. Uh, yeah. or just like a nice, uh, you know, celebratory dinner uh, with amongst friends and somebody starts standing on your chair or your furniture and twerking on it. Would you, you know, tell them to get down the way he did, or would you, would you allow them just continue to twerk or do you just not associate with people who would do that? <laughs> For one, I don't associate people who would come up in my house and do that. But if somebody were to, I would probably push them off that furniture and be like, you can't be doing that up in here, man. Go up and do that in your own house. I, you know, if they were standing up, maybe maybe they were trying to um, reach a cobweb and clear a cobweb off the ceiling or something man, like that. Like, maybe feeling, they, try they ain't to, doing they, all that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Aaron, what, what what would you do, or how do you associate twerking with the culture? That's why I, that's why I said I'm gonna let Mike go first because maybe it's my age, I, uh, and it has nothing to do because I'm a single person, right? So it does nothing to do with like anything like that. I just don't see, I don't get the joy out of twer- twerking, right? And, and this is coming from a guy who's single, you know, a lot more in his life than he's been in relationships, you know, and you know, have fun at some adult entertainment places, things like that. I don't understand how this is exciting, right? Just someone sitting there shaking their hands, right? Like, I mean, is there going to be more? Something else happen? I'm waiting for like part B, part two, right? Like something else going to happen, right? Just 
Aaron's, I, I'm Aaron's like, watch. I am a connoisseur of adult videos. This ain't doing it. <laughs> I'm supposed to watch this for 22 minutes, 25 minutes, eight minutes of dance. But no, nah, but that's not it. But as far as Black Oak, I, you know, I, ugh, twerking is a weird, weird mm. obsession right now. I would have to say reaction as the owner, but handle it in a different way. Because mm. uh, it was just, I'm like the same way. Like, look, man, we're at a restaurant, dude. Right? Like, mm. I, I'll be okay with dancing and things like that, but don't be hopping up on my furniture. Like, what are you looking to get out of this? Yeah. Well, maybe uh, my thing is like you doing something right. They you got like you know when a kid eats something that they really like and they start dancing while they eating. They say, "Not, mm, I'm, I'm eating this rib or mm, this ice cream, hella good." Like, like you sent that woman to a place where she dancing now because no, she's no, doing her time. No, it wasn't a food. No good food. Wasn't the food. Or the environment, man. It was the music that they were playing up in there, and then they felt the need to get up on whatever kind of furniture it was and start <laughs> throwing that thing everywhere. Exactly, man. It had nothing to do with the food. Man, being that excited, happy. I mean, look, there's other ways to dance, dude. <laughs> like, what? What is this? What, is there no other ways to dance? I think Miley Cyrus done made twerking appropriate everywhere. No, she tried to. Even <laughs> it didn't work. I, I would have just been like, I appreciate that you really enjoy the food and the environment, but <laughs> like, <laughs> this is not the zone to twerk. Uh, put on some Teddy Pendergrass. <laughs> We're gonna yeah. put on some Luther Vandross. We're gonna put on. We might put on a little bit of like, you know, who's like a real corny brother that sing like some kind of some. Um, uh, anybody in your CD collection? Dude. <laughs> <laughs> some Sam Cooke. <laughs> exactly. I'm just gonna say though, that was a pretty packed place too, though. Um, it was. They didn't have no mask on. I mean, That's well, Dallas. Not it's, one person had a mask. It's a restaurant, so I mean, you know. But... Not one person had a mask. It was indoors. People were sitting back to back. The booths were back right. to back full of people. Right. There's a lot of things wrong with everything. One, he had a DJ. What did he expect? He should have talked to the DJ about the music play too. I think his expectations was too high of people. I can see that. He, well, might be, he might be working at Popeye's in the next <laughs> six months and not because of the virus. Then he got to worry about people walking out, singing, singing as soon as he get them a bag of food. That's what he got to worry about there. He should have he came out and been like, we got no biscuits after the fries. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had that woman up on top of her, on top of her table talking about, we going to open up the bag and see that we got some Rice and beans. Ooh. Where's Reggie White when I need him? Where's Reggie White when I need him? I mean, just live. You talk about living up a stereotype right there. It's like, what's better? Being cheesy and corny or living up a stereotype, right? And then sometimes you get both. And then out comes Drake. <laughs> What did I miss? I <laughs> yes, I, I was waiting uh, on it. The Hamilton. <laughs> the Hamilton soundbite. Go ahead and play it. So what did I miss? What did I miss? Sipiwe Baleka, formerly known as Tony Blake, is attempting to become a 50-year-old Olympian. He broke... Uh, barriers as a black swimmer in at Yale and was an all Ivy League swimmer and is attempting to make the Tokyo 2021 games now since the 2020 games got postponed to 2021 he's attempting to make the Olympic team at the age of 50 what do you guys think about that 
you know, I think it's a great thing. I think, you know, as a guy is very, very much, you know, self-created, you know, he was a truck driver, graduated from Yale, became a truck driver, wrote a book, four minute fit, getting fit by exercising four minutes a day, especially for truckers, him knowing how that life is and that lifestyle is. You know, it was a very uplifting story when I read it on Sports Illustrated, uh, when I first saw it on SI.com. And I was like, wow, this is very uplifting, you know, and the fact that who he is and it was inspiring. I suggest people look him up, look him up, look up the SI article, look up who he is, you know. My thing is like, I'm all for him, like trying to pursue this dream. Like, hey, I'm not going to talk anybody out of pursuing what they want to do. Yeah. But how do you go from go to Yale and then didn't drive trucks, man? Like, you know, <laughs> like that is my question. You know, how I, do you I go from that, that to that? Well, That's see, I was wondering, question. Pedro asked a question, like, did he own his own trucking company or something? Right. Oh, uh, okay. Maybe, maybe he owned like a few trucks or a, com- a small mm-hmm. company. And he no, drove. Like, no, he was working for one of the major uh, trucking companies. Uh, they said he's based out of Missouri. And that he was, it was one of the largest, you know, fleets uh, companies in the country. So they, you know, they had him driving everywhere from anywhere from like down to Florida up to the, up the East coast, apparently um, it sounded like, but it, it is a kind of an interesting, you know, reason why he would get into trucking. Maybe he was like really into trucks as a kid. Maybe he just enjoys being on the road and, and just being kind of in that solitary trucker lifestyle. Uh, sans the poor eating habits and the obesity that seems to plague the, the trucking community. Um, from what they were saying in the article, but um, yeah, man, I was like, he went for he went to Yale and then left school early so that he could pursue something that he he thought it w- he wasn't getting at Yale. Well, and that's what I thought. Maybe he because it said he left school early, so I thought maybe he uh, ran out of money, couldn't afford school no more, so he jumped into trucking. I mean, I, I I know how hard it was for me going through school, especially my last year of school. I you know it was it was one of the things that kept me out of grad school because I mean I was so hungry. Uh, even though I, I worked three jobs my last my last year to try to just you know to pay off school and one of the jobs gave me a, a partial scholarship so um but I knew how hard it was so I thought maybe that was the reason he you know dropped out and started doing trucking and so I don't know I was trying to find the positives behind even that move mm-hmm. but it's just crazy that like now like you know you know being caught up maybe in that hyper you know competitive mentality of uh, ivy league school uh swimming culture in general to be like caught up in that world that where he was able maybe to step away and get get the clarity he needed to be able to say you know like shit i I can keep doing this and i'm gonna go for it at 50 but if he didn't think he could make it at 25 i'm trying to figure out what transformation in his mind made him feel like you know i could do this at 50. and then i realized um in the article it said that he's going to be trying to compete uh, for Guinea Bissau, a West African country. So that made a lot more sense to me. I was like, okay. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, 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 I also give a lot of credit to because he ain't trying to buck the system like your girl, Megan Sweeney. No, not Megan Sweeney. Allison, Allison Sweeney. Is that Shout out to, Damn it, Aaron. We got to give you a magic moment for that. Man. No, you, I can't oh, magic you, moment for me not remembering some non-athlete. You're throwing all kinds of people's names under the bus right now. You just it's threw two Allison. different people. You just threw two different people under the bus. Sorry, Megan. One of them. I one of them that I know. Is. The other one, I don't know who it is. <laughs> what was her name? Uh, Give me my magic moment so I get her real name. This magic moment. Her name was Elizabeth Sweeney. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Sweeney. Yeah. Elizabeth it's Sweeney. Also, it's not. Well, at least at least he's trying to like work and actually make it in the sport and not just trying to skirt the rules and find some country that don't have snow. 
where she could qualify for the Winter Olympics. Like he's, this was his dream. This is what he pushed for. And I know it was probably as hard because think about it. He was already removed from like being able to swim and train at a high level, probably when he was no longer at Yale. And those Ivy Leagues don't give scholarships. So he might have been, like I said, paying his own his own way. I like the story. It sucks that Pedro not here to talk about the trucking side, the other side of trucking uh, when you're eating all those Big Macs and Charles Jr. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we have some fan mail, fan mail. The article uh, was uh, initially uh, sent to me by uh, uh, RCO2. Question from RCO2 is, what Olympic sport would you like to compete in? And what, a, what Olympic sport do you think you'd actually be able to compete in given one year to train and um, which country would you choose to compete for based upon your genetic heritage to increase your chances of making that uh, a qualifi- qualification, a.k.a. Uh, one Miss Elizabeth Sweeney? <laughs> so we, I was going to say, we're going full Caitlin Sweeney, Sweeney right now, aren't we? Come on, you said another day, bro. This magic moment. Rebecca Sweeney. That's basically. <laughs> um, but yeah, so what sport... Do you think if you had a chance to train for a year, uh, could you make it into a uh, Olympics with? You know, I was looking through the list and there's some pretty interesting sports in here. Uh, got equestrian, <laughs> handball. Hey man, you go out there and look like your boy Django if you do equestrian, bro. <laughs> like a young Jamie Fox trampoline like what what is that um but and they even got skateboarding in there now like yes. that's that's crazy yes. to me um but i, I was that. i was looking at the winter sports i was like i've always felt as if if i lived near a ski resort and i had a year to train i would probably make it in snowboarding that is one of the winter winter sports mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i don't know what events that i would yeah. compete in but i would feel like I could probably rock. I could probably rock with, with some snowboarding. All right, all right, Aaron. Aaron, what is the sport that you would go for? You know, there's a lot that came to mind. Uh, equestrian is one because I really do love horseback riding. Uh, don't do it enough. And then I thought, I thought about the other sports like the like like Mike went over the list of crappy the newer sports. Just trying to make sure we give we just we just giving medals away like they participation trophies. Now I see. And so when I saw skateboard and trampoline, I'm like trampoline, right? And so I was trying to think and I was like, man, what would I, what would I be able to do where I would, I would really enjoy my time at the Olympics? I thought about archery because Jerry, you know, I'm in the archery, right? Mm-hmm. But then I came to the conclusion. I realized like if I'm over there and I'm in the Olympics, I'm going to take advantage of that Olympic village, right? That, I want I want to sport. Oh, my I, goodness. Where of I, course. Uh-huh, Mike, I'm telling you, man, I want to get back to Olympic village full rest up. I don't want to worry about no hamstring injury, no groin injury. I don't want nothing slowing <laughs> me down in that Olympic village. I want to be, you know, we could take some of the stories of Ryan Lockie, whatever his name is, right? Uh, and everyone isn't, else who- Isn't who, it pronounced Lochte? Lochte, whoever, went, whoever else all went crazy during the Olympic village and I'm trying to rival it, right? I'm trying to be the Hugh Hefner of, and Magic Johnson of Olympic village, right? That's how I'm trying to leave the Olympics. I thought about what sport will I be able to do that? where I could just not, don't have to worry about anything. And I figured it out shooting. I would do the shooting sports, the pistol, rifle. I don't know, you can put me in all of them, it don't matter. I get to hang out in the sun, you know, get a little brown, get my skin a little more browner, you know, look like I've been in the sun, smile the whole time. I ain't using no physical exertion and I'm in. And what country would I choose? 
my country, I chose my country by what is either has to be one of the most peaceful countries in the world, right? Like a country with low expectations and I ain't got to worry about someone shooting me or being mad. So I went off of that list. So it's either going to be Iceland or Switzerland. <laughs> People can't get mad at me. That's right, pups. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know the plan. <laughs> Your dog's calling cat. Man, she know. She know what I she know what I'm trying to do. She know, look, my whole idea, go shoot a couple of clay pigeons and go back to the little village. You hear about the soccer teams dropping out the World Cup, talking about holding out a game in the World Cup or Olympics because they ain't got paid and Af- some of the African Federation soccer clubs ain't paid them. Or you hear about like people scared to go back to their country and, and we got locked up in prison. Our goal was to win gold. Not when you in Switzerland, but I, hey, if I don't win, guess what? I come back, they probably give me a bowl of some nice fondue with some chocolate to eat, right? And they're gonna ask, Aaron, could you have worked harder? I couldn't work any harder than I did at the Olympic Village. That's what I'm gonna say. I lost 15 pounds. I was working out so much. <laughs> exactly. You don't know how many times the Holy Ghost ran through me at the Olympic Village. You don't know how many times. I, it's like I, I kept. I ran up a phone bill, called my mama. <laughs> exactly. There were nights when not only me, I was speaking in tongues, but the person I was with, who was not Christian, was speaking in tongues too. <laughs> Now, every village wouldn't be the same. They would have to retire. They would have to burn some sheets before I'm done. <laughs> burn some sheets. Oh, Jesus. Uh, all right. Well, I, I guess the sport that I would do, um, it says that sled dog racing is now a sport in the Winter Olympics. God. Oh and I would choose Winter Olympics because it has the highest per capita of beautiful wide women there. So it would allow me to meet as many of those beautiful snow bunnies. Uh, and we want to stay warm, so we 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 would make sure that we cuddled, snuggled, and romanticized each other with some hot cocoa, maybe a pumpkin spice latte. Yeah, sled dogs. Some and, of and them then, countries ain't never had no pumpkin spice latte. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then I can get my Cuba Gooding Jr. on as snow dogs. You know what I'm saying? I feel like it's like, hey man, if Cuba Gooding Jr. could do this, I could do it. So you know, sled dog racing. That would be that would be kind of tight, man. I, be tight. I I wouldn't be against that if you could get the woman he got at the end of that. That like Filipino girl woman. Oh man. Oh, she was supposed to be Native American though. She was supposed to be Alaskan. She was supposed to be like Alaskan. She was straight Filipino, dude. <laughs> if I got her too. <laughs> she was hot. She was Hollywood Alaskan. You know, it's like, hey man, hey, we need a real, we need a real Alaskan like Eskimo. Go, find a Filipino down the street. <laughs> it's like we need some people to play Vietnamese in this uh, uh in this Vietnam War movie. Find some Filipinos. <laughs> <laughs> Go to UCLA or UC Irvine, you'll find one. My second option would be playing handball for China um, because I would probably be like a power forward for them. Um, and handball, man, I got skills in handball. How you gonna be a power forward, man? It's some it's it's tall and kind of big Chinese people, man. Yeah, there are, but they play in basketball, bro. Handball, you don't need the height the same way. Okay, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> for me, man, I'll be out there crossing fools over. I'm like, bah, 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 bah. Boxing news, the Tyson Jones pay-per-view reached over 1.2 million pay-per-view buys. It is more than the Deontay Wilder Tyson Fury 2 fight. And the last time a boxing match uh, pay-per-view went over a million buys was the Triple G versus Canelo Alvarez. That was a, a, a few years ago. I guess my question is, is boxing back? My thing is, I feel like it's dying, man. They have to use these random 
you know, celebrities to generate interest. Like, look, I, I just literally got a, a DM from one of my friends who sent me a tweet talking about that there's a Mayweather versus Logan Paul fight in February going on next year. Like, <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. This is exactly what I'm talking about. Like, Logan Paul has no business fighting Mayweather, none. But, you know, people, people going to pay to see it. Just because is that breaking news, Mike? Did you just break news on the show? Yes, yes. Like it literally came out like a couple hours ago. Is that real what? news or black Twitter? That news? this is real. I mean, he posted Twitter. on his Instagram. Who posted Mayweather? Yes, it's a special exhibition. Man, he ain't smart enough to write anything to be posted on his Instagram, man. Oh yeah, no, it, it's on there. It, it, it one hour ago, it came across the time. I mean, that fine Filipino woman that works as his personal assistant probably put it on there. <laughs> we do got a fine Filipino woman as personal assistant. Does she do all the reading for him too? Man, she got to because he can't read for shit. If his kid, if his kid went missing, he wouldn't be able to know by reading the back of a milk carton with his kid face on it. He'd just think, "Oh, they this was on my kid. My kid represents milk now." He'd be thinking his kid got an endorsement. Kid been missing for eight months. He wouldn't know. He's so damn ignorant. That man can't read for shit. He couldn't read to save his life. He don't even know his gloves say Everlast on it. He's so ignorant reading. He thought one of them said his dad's name and the other one said his uncle name. <laughs> Same fucking word. He thought they were two different words. That's how ignorant Floyd Mayweather is. Well, you, know, you look at him I like this. See, like I want to see Floyd Mayweather and Logan Paul in a, in, a, in a spelling contest. That would be more pleasing to me. That would be entertaining. Bring him and maybe somebody like somebody's been living in a cave in Siberia and have him try to spell English and see if Mayweather could beat the person. Using English words only. I bet you that would be a close contest. It's like you put them on a game of Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> put, them on, put them on Wheel of Fortune with someone like some like 80 year old Thai person who never left Thailand, who only knows Thai. Don't even know how to read that numeral like that. I bet you he'll still lose. You, know, you, know, you put him and Tyrese on there and have Tyrese doing a, a Russian word <laughs> and he's doing English. Exactly. <laughs> Tyrese no more Russian than Floyd Mayweather no English. That's the problem. Tyrese no more Russian than Floyd Mayweather no English. Hey, well, breaking news. Jake Paul, I mean, what is it? Logan, Logan Paul will be fighting Floyd Mayweather. So we have another celebrity style match. There's probably, there's not going to be any belts on the line. It's going to be another uh, exhibition type match again. Mm -hmm. um, no judges. Yeah, it's just like we got celebrity judges that don't count. That's off site. That's off site. You know, that was a damn lie. They off site right now. That's the same lie I'll be using, man. Hey, man. Hey, I got someone here to review my. They're going to give me a performance review. They're just not here right now. Don't worry. Man, I take care of my if, own performance review. I got someone that's going to do it. If they have Snoop Dogg commentating, I might buy it. I agree with you, Mike. I think boxing is dying. It's been dying. And the fact that you have to do these gimmicks. And and, and I think boxing has always had a certain a showmanship and a certain kind of circus around it. You know, it trafficked in, you know what I'm saying, a, a race a lot. That was a big part of it. The fact that the promoters control the sport and whatever they got to do to get people to want to come see it, you know, whether it was like, you know, they had a horse carrying somebody to the ring or or like your boy Tyson Fury had four uh, uh, women that all look like Gal Gadot's uh, stunt doubles carrying him to the ring last time fake carrying him to the ring regardless Thank but you. it was fake yeah, one, one, one of them was holding the, holding it like this i'm like bitch you gonna tear your arm he's no way that strong but now it's like 
these are the things that are actually setting benchmarks or are holding the the flame for the sport currently, which is, I think, a really, really bad thing for a sport if you want to have it legitimized and you want it to continue to thrive. I don't know that it's back, but I think it's I think I think we're in an era in time where any publicity is good publicity for good the most part. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really no bad publicity once you get a, to a certain level because you can always manipulate it to you know, if you're willing to manipulate and defining new avenues of income and, 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 and money. That's what I'm saying. Like that, that's where they're at. They are trying to reincarnate themselves. Like, well, have a, did I say that right? Reincarnate. Like, you know, they really, they're really trying to recreate, Mm -hmm. um, you know, some sort of, I guess, new way of doing it. Um, Cause it's nowhere near like how it used to be. Like it's, it's nowhere near as popular as what it used to be. And then like, so now they have to do something else to Mm -hmm. make up for, you know what they have missed out on and so like this is how they able to generate revenue so hey you know yeah like i said i respect the hustle yeah they gotta respect the hustle look, look, another crazy part real quick and then i'll go to aaron is that like when you think about it like they had to use the shine of jake paul fighting an nba former nba player as one of the ways to kind of push it but like that wasn't the main thing everyone knew it was just tyson versus jones but they were they were living off the shine the glimmering hope like mike tyson was the star back in the the 80s and 90s right Mm -hmm. and his fights were huge like people would get mad but they would still buy his pay-per-views even though they knew he's probably gonna knock the dude out in the first two three rounds right they would still buy the pay-per-views when pay-per-views became big in the 90s and people felt cheated but they bought the next one and they bought the next one and it's it's kind of like that thing where like you know a star in the distance like the light we see from the from 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 a distant star travels light years so whatever this light we're seeing now happened however many years ago Mm -hmm. uh if that's the biggest selling thing in boxing in the last two three four years is this distant stars uh final emissions of light what does that really say about about what 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 your product is um so it's it's really it's it's, going down it's going down well see it's one of those funny things i was arguing with uh your boys Sam Johnson, as Jared calls him, Juicy Mouth Johnson. Um, Juicy Mouth about Johnson. What happens when a sport dies, right? Mm-hmm. We we're arguing over MMA, which I, which I, I was saying it's not dying. MMA is not close to dying yet, but it's, 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 it's already hit its peak, right? I feel like it's had, it's at its peak. And I said, listen, when a sport dies, it doesn't necessarily go away, right? Like it does. It's not like it doesn't exist or doesn't happen anymore. It just changes how it how how it's viewed and how many people view it as and see it as like horse racing. If you think about it, like by 1930s, horse racing was still like bigger than than baseball, right? By the 40s, even if like like when my dad was growing up, like he's not a big horse racing person either, but it was the big thing. That's why there was tracks in every state, and it finally it really died. It doesn't go away. I think boxing is at that point where it's you know I think it's on the machine. That's beep beep. I, I think that 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 post is low, right? Like it's like on life support right now. Like. It's on life support. Like the machine is keeping alive. As soon as we unplug it, as soon as Mayweather and the people that we wish to see fight celebrities go away, because after a while, you know, you become a joke when people are only watching celebrities box other celebrities. Why am I sitting here watching a basketball player fight a baseball player? Right? Like, mm-hmm. why do I care about this? So I feel like boxing is like like you said, it's on life support and it's trying to use. It's trying to inject everything into it. Celebrity versus Mayweather, celebrity versus NBA, uh, uh, rappers, things that they would have never done in the past. Rappers commentating and, hey, balls loose, curse all you want. 
right? <laughs> Do all, say it. We need whatever you can to keep people off this screen. Keep people coming back. And the sad part when Snoop was one of the best, was the best thing about the fight, when Snoop or a basketball player who had no business fighting getting knocked out is the best things about the fight. The memes, the memes was the most entertaining. And let me tell you this, when I watched the Super Bowl last year, I, I didn't care about the memes, right? That Patrick Mahomes last quarter was all we talked about. We didn't talk about the memes. When I watched baseball World Series with the Dodgers, we talked about, A, did the manager blow it? We talked about the game, LeBron, the bubble, everything that happened. We ain't sitting here, but yeah, boxing is we we looking at the last the last days of boxing. Yeah. And it's sad because I really I really love watching boxing growing up. No, I love the sport in the in the art of boxing. I think it's something very yeah. unique and special, but I think that it's structure and I think it's just like any other great, you know, capitalist driven structure, the empire, especially when it becomes about imperialism, it is eventually going to expand itself to the point where it can't sustain itself and then it's going to collapse. And boxing, I think, overextended itself because it's got 25 different title belts that you can have. 25, like, IBC, BBC, NBA, uh, D, uh, TNT, all these different... I, I, I'm like, why do we need all these BBW. different belts? BBW, w, WBC, you know what I'm saying? Um, HNIC. Um, so. SSBBW. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> uh, Pedro is back. He's in the truck right now. Um, it, it overexpanded itself. It overstretched itself for the interest of the promoter-driven component of it. The promoters owned the sport, basically. They dictated the sport. You had all these different states who were had different athletic commissions that were just basically just trying to in cahoots with the with the promoters to make it harder for fighters and, and give the power to the to the system. And, it, and it's falling apart now. Paper but I want to say this. Those numbers are also misleading, Jared. Those numbers are very misleading because people are trapped in their houses. So more people have to buy the fight. You couldn't go out to your bars and watch it. You couldn't go out to your friend's house or like mm -hmm. we used to do in the past, you know, how many people that's not related to, you know, Todd family was over there. Right. Mm -hmm. Think about that. That's more, that's more people that had to buy the fight to be able to watch it. So those numbers are very misleading. It wasn't, Which it is, wasn't a, a boost because of, because the sport is graining some traction. It was a boost because we are all trapped in the house. Right. So what Aaron said, what, because I was, we was going to purchase the fight just to be entertained. We, and my wife ain't been out in a long time. I haven't been able to see my girlfriend. It's, it's a lot of things that's changed. So, we, you know, we have to make some adjustments. And people are, right now, just want to be entertained. Like the memes and all the stuff that came out after that, people make their own the music. Nothing's regular. The purity of boxing is, is left, a long, left a long time ago. Like you said, too many titles. It's watered down. People don't like to do anything regular no more. That's mm -hmm. why I'm trying to bring regular back into our podcast. I want to have some type of regularity when we do, you know, <laughs> people like to try new things. Mm -hmm. Try Snoop Dogg, bring Snoop Dogg in your house. Why, you know, you watch a fight by two people that have no business fight. This goes back to my point, hashtag regular sex. <laughs> also, Pedro, we just found out that Floyd Mayweather and Logan Paul fight is set for next February. Wait a minute, hold on. Logan Paul, Floyd Mayweather? Mm -hmm. Are you serious? It's gonna happen, that is not regular. So it's gonna counteract what, what it is that you were hoping for. But yeah, February 20th of next year, it will be happening. 
that'll be a straight massacre. I'd rather him fight Conor McGregor. Maybe he'll get caught one. No, he's not going to get caught. I take that back. He ain't going to hurt him. Yeah, he's too much. Yes, yeah, he's too much of a scientist. Sweet Floyd Mayweather's been boxing since he was three years old. And he getting hit by people that can hit a lot harder than harder. whichever Paul that is. I don't know which Paul is it, Jerry man. I don't be. even care what Paul it is. <laughs> if he gonna fight a Paul, I'll be more interested if he fought against either Paul Walker or Paul Hogan. Let him fight Paul, Paul Hogan, Crocodile Dundee. Paul Walker. Let him, let him get a knife in there. Yeah, but, you don't yeah, understand. Paul, you didn't know Paul Walker was still alive. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Illuminati oh, yeah. covered if up his desk. The video, you see the car slow down and he hops out back. You see the trap door, the trap door. There's a manhole that was open and, and the seat dropped through it. Just yep. like just like Samuel Jackson did in Winter Soldier. He got out of the car that way, and then the drone missile hit the car. That's what really happened. Hell, y'all don't give a shit about me. I'm gonna need a sponge bam. That's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out sponsorship. Um, shout out sponsorship. Um, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's a franchise. Oh, uh, shout out a sponsorship to Catcher in the Rye, Fast uh, and the Furious, JD Salinger. Fast and the Furious. Yeah, I can't think of a kiss. That was funny. <laughs> NBA released their COVID rules, and they will be punishing players for breaking these rules with fines, suspensions, and potential other sanctions. Loss of dra- draft picks. Loss of draft picks. Yeah, it's not like the, it's not like the draft picks really matter most times in the NBA, but <laughs> it's like we got two rounds, and ninety uh, percent of y'all ain't gonna be on the team in two years. <laughs> It's like, it's like, man, he's like, take the draft pick, shit. It's like, <laughs> we don't care. Try to tell that to the GM of uh, Oklahoma City. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he got like 35 draft picks in the next three years, five years, something like that. My, my real question about it is, do you really think that these sanctions and, and proposed uh, rules are really going to be followed by these star athletes? Unless you recreated the bubble, there's no way... <laughs> for for this to to go well like i just don't i do not see this going well like you know it's still there's still going to be a lot of outbreaks and things like that that's going to interfere with games and you know might lead to some cancellations i don't know but we'll have to see even with the the controlled environment of collegiate athletics they are even having issues with it so it no you asking people with money to (laughs) Like not do some of the things that, you know, that they can easily do, you know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's going to be a hard thing to kind of police and try to get cracked down on. So I, you know, well, yeah, we'll see, we'll see how the NBA um, kind of follows through with this. Uh, Jerry, you missing the boat, man. Cause one of the major parts of the rules were <laughs> not just the rules they put in place, but what they actually can't do. Right. Can you imagine? So they can't go to any bars lounges or any place with live entertainment game venues public gyms spas public pools large indoor gathering with more than 15 people but let's kick let's key on one part live entertainment they basically telling those who stay out the strip you can't clubs. go to the strip club exactly <laughs> <laughs> you think that's gonna work for any of these fools hey i'm gonna tell you the strip clubs that james harden was a stimulus package for are gonna probably be writing their local legislature to try and influence the nba to ease up on these restrictions but yeah no i i i don't i don't i don't see it i don't see it working who do you guys think is gonna be the first person to break that protocol and then cause uh 
outbreak or get suspended and be like the example that's set. Uh, did somebody have a loo? Somebody already broke it, I thought. No, I don't know. I haven't heard about anybody else. <laughs> somebody ended up missing practice so far because they broke protocol. It's a big oh, name, yeah. too. James Harden? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. I saw yep. a picture of James Harden sitting at a, at a white party with a bunch exactly. of beautiful women. He was at Little Baby's party in Atlanta. <laughs> they were white women, though. <laughs> he was at Little Baby's party in Atlanta. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so he had to skip out. He had to he had to miss the first practice because of the rules. He was in. <laughs> I oh think- yeah, you know he gave him the little little bag with the honey buns in it with a with a uh, hundred bands in it and like <laughs> James Harden. James Harden. I want to know what percentage of his money went towards strippers, right? <laughs> and just like, hey, dude, man. Like, I mean, you know, it's sad when you look at like his lifestyle. And you think, man, why don't you just do what Paul George did? Right, like, is that is that a good thing? When I say, man, if he would have probably <laughs> saved money if he did, like Paul George, <laughs> just left 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 Doc Rivers' daughter for a stripper. Just get you a few women that you pan out and doing this and that. Not you can't. I mean, James Harden. I mean, he's like Santa Claus. I guess that's why he keeps his beard growing. That's why he's the beard because he's like Santa Claus when he walk into that strip club. <laughs> he's like it's like Christmas morning to every stripper in there. They might as well just put a Christmas tree above every strip club whenever he walk into the town. They just got a they got a little little uh, side table milk and cookies for him. <laughs> and this is and this is why he can't leave Houston because he got the right colors. He got the beard. Let's yeah. keep it going. Yeah, maybe this is a way of trying to make them trade him, though. He's like, man, I'm just going to keep going out, getting in trouble. Y'all gonna, I'm not going to be able to play. I'm going to mess up the rest of the team chemistry. You might as well just trade me where I want to go. Uh-huh. And, and his trade list is nothing but Google pages of Google Maps and strip clubs <laughs> with, with the pins in them. It's like, uh, can you send me to the Atlanta Mud Dogs? I'll it play for them. Be, <laughs> it has to be one of these cities that got all these pins. If it ain't, if, if it ain't within 30 miles of all these, all these pins, then don't trade me there. That's my no list. They're like, man, we worked out a trade. Go to Lakers. I told you it's a no list. So like five strip clubs in that city. I ain't trying to drive out to industry city. And then half of them are gentlemen's club where it's not full. Exactly. 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 He's like, this ain't going to work. This ain't going to work. I He's told like, you Portland, no. maybe. Atlanta, Portland, maybe. 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 They're like, man, we got you set up. You go to, you could go to Lakers, Miami, Clippers. Nah, I told you. Stick to the Google Maps. I think James Harden was in that restaurant when they was twerking. <laughs> <laughs> That's what really started the twerking. It wasn't the music. James Harden started throwing up money. Oh, Santa's here. Santa's here. Santa's Santa's get, here. On the, get on the table. <laughs> Santa's here. We, we going to be on a naughty list so we don't start twerking on this chair. <laughs> Is Aaron trying to twerk right now? Oh, <laughs> my goodness. I was, oh, some, I, was doing some, I was doing some Zoom twerking real quick. Wait <laughs> Corner shout outs. Cutty Corner shout outs is a segment we end the show on. Um, it's an opportunity for everyone to have a uh, have the floor to say uh, what's on their mind, talk about something that might be upsetting them, pissing them off, or highlight something positive that they want to you know shed light on. So Cutty Corner shout outs. Cutty Corner shout outs. It's 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 Aaron, do you have a Cuddy Corner shout out? I do. I do. This one goes out to, to Slam Magazine. 
Slam Magazine used to come out every month. Now they're down to coming out once every two months. I mean, it's the, it's where the world is. We gone digital now. Magazines aren't as important as they used to. When I was growing up, magazines was very important. Newspapers and all that. Slam Magazine, for those who don't know, was one of it was probably the first all basketball magazine. And you know, and despite my football and my love affair with football and my 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 wanting everything football basketball when I was started growing up was my favorite sport. Like Curtis Blow once said. Basketball was my favorite sport. You know, I loved everything about it. And I loved watching NBC when the Round Boy Rumble started to play. That was one of my highlights. Before I became a football fanatic, I was all about basketball. And then I was realizing, like, when football started rising, what took me away from it? And I realized one of the things was Slam Magazine. Slam Magazine is the maximum magazine of sports magazines. It's basically what Maxim Magazine was to the magazine world. Like if you got a New Yorker and you got a Maxim, you know they two different places, right? If you had a Sports Illustrated, you had Slam, you basically had the Maxim Magazine. It filled the basketball world with opinions and overhyped narratives. It taught us to hype up the eighth and ninth man on the basketball team instead of treating them how we should have been treating them. We should be treating the eighth and ninth man person on the basketball team like a long snapper on the NFL team. They're important. You can't win without them. You need a, the better your eighth and ninth are, the better your team is. But how many people can name the long snapper from the last 10 years from their favorite football team? I can. Probably because you cursed them out knowing you, Jerry, <laughs> at some point. <laughs> you know, he's been there for 15 years. <laughs> oh, okay. See, that helps. But, that, but he's good because you never hear his name called in the game. That's how we used to treat eighth and ninth men on basketball teams until Slam Magazine came out. And here's the thing with Slam Magazine. It had great writers. It had really respectable people, right? Scoop Jackson was a guy with a journalism degree. But then he joined Slam, and Slam Magazine became this hip-hop magazine of basketball, and it just started overhyping. It made us believe that everybody who played in the NBA is great. It's because of Slam Magazine, the reason why Brandon gets to go off on Jared and fight Jared and overhyping a guy that might make the cut or might not make the cut. Because Slam Magazine told us, man, if they play in the NBA, if they shortcut that NBA logo on them, you treat them. There's Jordan, there's this tier, and then there's everybody else who's just as high, who's better than anybody else in the world. Because this is Slam Magazine and I'm Scoop Jackson. The magazine became a walking minstrel show, right? It stopped putting stats in it. Next thing I know, they have a whole issue on one player in shoes. And it's like, okay, I mean, I like shoes. I like basketball shoes. But how are we going to have a whole issue on basketball shoes, on what the players are wearing for shoes? It overhyped everything. It created the capitalism of basketball. Why, and it caught wind of it during the end of the Jordan era, during the rise of the next level of superstars, which it had enough from Penny Hardaway to J. Kidd when he came out. It's because of Slam Magazine that when I'm sitting here watching NBA Free Agency, like I got to, I'm listening to NBA podcasts. I got to listen to an hour long podcast to tell me how Robert Covington is that great of a player, how Daniel house is that good, how Jermichael green and Josh Richardson is going to really add to their new team. They're going with right. And how, how good that makes them. How now, man, and Josh Richardson back to Dallas, man. And, and, and James Johnson from Miami, man, this really puts Dallas over the top. I'm like, that's funny. Dallas look like a damn seven seed. They actually lost someone that knew how to shoot the ball. It overhyped people. We started coming up with new terms that didn't make sense, like 3 and D. Man, he's a good 3 and D guy. We used to have a name for 3 and D guys in the late 80s and early 90s when I was watching basketball. It was called mediocre players. 
not a guy that shoots barely 30% for the line. And the only reason he shoots 30% because you make sure he don't shoot enough so it go lower. Because if he shot more, if he shot as many shots as Clay Thompson, that average going to be about 17, 15% from the three-point line. It's like, no, nah, no, nah, man, only shoot it when you super wide open, right? And, and then we're going to call you a, th- a D guy. And then they keep talking about D. And I, every, every person they label a 3 and D, I sit here and watch them. I see them get lit up every night. We didn't hear Pippen being called a 3 and D. We didn't hear Mike. Michael Cooper could shoot threes and play defense. He also averaged more than 12 points off the bench. The problem is the real 3 and D guys are actually good. That's Clay Thompson. We thought Paul George was one. If he keeps playing like he played the last couple of years, he's on his way to being a 3 and D guy like Wes Matthews. Right. Thank God for Slam Magazine, Chris Boussard and all these people who create these terms like 3 and D because it keeps people getting paid. People who should be washing cars or playing for the minimum. You did. You had one of the greatest episodes, one of the greatest magazines ever. You did top 100 players. Then you turn around and did it again. And guess what? It's no damn stat. They talk about when they do a little F serve on the player, they talk about his shoes. I'm like, is this what make you a top player? The fact you had his shoes? Oh, man, his Black History Month, his BHM, Black History Month shoes from two years ago were one of the top sellers that year. Like, I'm, I'm waiting to see, like, Elgin Baylor stats compared to, like, someone playing now stats, and they talking about Kyrie Irving's BHM shoes. <clears throat> I was shout done. Out, shout out to Bruce Bowen and uh, P.J. Tucker for being 3 and D guys. How is P.J. Tucker 3 and D? Because he shoots threes and plays D. <laughs> He plays D on Anthony Davis. Yeah, he plays D against anybody you tell him to play defense against. You know what? We had a name for people like P.J. Tucker, too, back in the 1800s. It was called Slaves. (laughs) Michael, do you have a Cutty Corner shout-out? So my Cutty Corner shout-out is... Yeah, my Cutty Corner shout-out is going to go to the Tennessee Titans. (sighs) Man. Where do I start? <laughs> like seeing 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 the Titans make it to the AFC championship game last season gave me hope. I was like, you know what? We might be contenders now. So, you know, like I'm like, all right, so I'm I'm watching AFC champ game. I see this glaring need for a pass rush because, like, my goodness, Pat Mahomes is back there, standing back there forever. What the so much time to throw the ball and like i was like oh my goodness man we need to go get some defensive line like somebody to rush the quarterback so we can you know get off the field a little bit better on defense all right so in off season they get rid of logan ryan traded jarrell casey to denver for a seventh rounder and then they make room to go get jadavian Clowney and vic beasley vic beasley got cut Already did already this year. <laughs> and Jadavian Clowney just had season ending surgery. How many sacks did he have before he had that? I don't know. I, I, yeah, one I, or I was, two. I was one? called out by my, my friends for calling uh Jadavian Clowney washed. Like I was so dead on like, all right, man, you know, we I saw the free agents uh, you know, going to other teams and things like that. I'm like, well, shoot, like I come on, Clowney, let's come on, let's let's just go ahead and just make this happen. You know, come on on onto the Titans to see what you can do. And then then look what happens, man. So, and we just got carved up by the Cleveland Browns today. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just hurt, man. You know, it, it pains me to say this. Like we are not contenders, man. We are just pretenders. Pedro, do you have a cutty corner shout out? Not really, but I, I just, I just, I'll just do this one, um, real quick. Hey, people, 
it's Christmas time and I know everybody likes to shop and I know you want to get the latest and greatest gifts. Um, but you have to remind yourself that we are under COVID protocols. We are in a pandemic and jobs in the economy is not strong enough for you to go all out this year. Do not put it on credit. If you got credit, if you got cash, if you got cash and you can't get it on credit, don't buy it because um, we'll be in debt. We don't really know where things are going in the future. Uh, we got conspiracy theorists uh, on the other side of the aisle. Just be careful with the money you got. Um, tell the kids Santa Claus is under quarantine. If you're Christian, tell, tell them that white Jesus is going through the hospitals, healing people right now. Don't go out there and spend a whole bunch of money. Um, just be safe and be careful. Well, my Cutty Corner shout out goes out to uh, the Trump administration and everyone who is supporting his uh, charade and his continued very poor charade, uh, Rudy Giuliani, uh, any of the other senators and, and Republicans and whoever is supporting this. Um, <clears throat> I found out this week that uh, he spent $3 million. They spent $3 million on a Wisconsin recount. And after that recount, do you know that he ended up losing by more? <laughs> Isn't that the biggest L of history? Like, <laughs> oh, I, I just, I, I just want to say, man, you wasted three million dollars. People are struggling, just like what Pedro was talking about. With you know, don't put shit on credit. Like you know, things are are, are tough right now. P jobs are scarce. Millions and millions of people are struggling uh, to make ends meet more so than what they normally are in our society, which is already a lot of people in the first place. And for you to be spending $3 million on a recount, and then for you to also then be uh, creating a fund for people to donate, your supporters to donate, and you accrue over $200 million in donations. My issue is that there's a lot of people struggling. There's a lot of people giving you money, which those motherfuckers, y'all get part of this Cutty Corner shout out too. Donate that shit. I'm not big on donations as the way to resolve problems in this world, but when you have an opportunity and you have a choice and a decision to make and you can donate, yes, donate. Don't donate to a narcissistic, self-indulgent, uh, uh, sociopath and pathological liar as in our former president, our current yet to be soon to be former president, Donald Trump, or for the initiatives that he's trying to do, which are all about his own interests. You know what I'm saying? We got people that we could take care of. I don't want to hear about you being a real American unless you're actually going to help show that love and that support to other real Americans who might need it. And right now, going out here and spending money frivolously on an election that you lost, fair and square for the most part. I'm not saying I always trust the electoral process. I'm not saying that that, that our system can't be improved and that, it's, that it isn't where it needs to be. But what I'm saying is that uh, based upon the rules that we do know and the way things have been going as of right now, you lost that election. Stop feeding this goddamn insane circus and shit show that is going on and allowing it and enabling this damn shit show to continue because this is some bullshit. Help each other out. Uh, stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, stop feeding this idiotic, egregious circus act. Well, you know, um, the Democrats had a bunch of people from China come over and vote for Biden. <laughs> you know, and, and uh, Obama had went home and got his family told him to get together and make up these ballots so Biden can get in there. Can you believe this? You know, Obama had his family vote. They did absentee from where they were from and born in Africa. I'm still waiting for that birth certificate. I shit on myself. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, that is our show, my friends. Appreciate y'all for coming on, Mike. Appreciate having you, man. Uh, any final Thanks, words you'd like to say to our, our fans out there and before we uh, 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 depart? Stay black. <laughs> Omar Epps in the program. He also said the exact words, stay black. You looking for a good movie to watch this uh, winter break? Program. Yeah, I'll go off mic too. Um, I need all my white women to stay black too. <laughs> uh, beautiful white woman, stay black. White woman. <laughs> Uh, and I'm going to go off what Mike said. Um, if you guys want to see a brother that had so much potential that I thought was a better actor than he really was when I was younger, just go ahead and watch any movie Makai Pfeiffer was in and just focus on his role. Kai hey, Pfeiffer, man. I, I like Makai Pfeiffer. I like I Makai too. Pfeiffer, too. I did, too. But when I look he back at his bad. career... He ain't great. He ain't bad. You know, he was on ER, and then he committed suicide. Then he was on Shaft, and he got hit over the head by Christian Bale, American Psycho. And then he was in 8 Mile, and he had dreads that we know wasn't dreads. <laughs> so, like, Makai Pfeiffer, uh, you know, stay black. <laughs> My boy, Makai Pfeiffer, don't forget. Hell. He was in no. one of the first HBO movies I ever seen where... <laughs> Oh no, that was Cuba Good. Nope, sorry, Makai. That wasn't you. <laughs> that wasn't, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just realized that was Cuba Good. That wasn't Makai. So, you know, the crazy part is that he was in ER, right? And he was one of the uh, residents. He was like a, a young doctor. And, and uh, was it Eric LaSalle was being hella hard on him. And, and one night, like, they killed his character off. And he had, you know, been run over by a train or something like that. And, and they're like, yeah, they think he jumped and killed himself. I was like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> they really killed us. I was like, that's the worst way to like a brother would just jump into like, come on, bro. Okay, which way? Which way did killing off a black man in the series is worse, Kai Pfeiffer or Isaac Hayes on uh, South Park? Oh, well, you know, Isaac Hayes was tough because he died like shortly after they killed his character off. Exactly. And did Makai Pfeiffer character kill himself? And Tuskegee Airmen? Like they, like he did something wrong, no, so they were gonna sat. take, they were gonna take away his. No, 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 no. He did something wrong. They were gonna take away his stripes. So he like hopped in the plane and just fucking killed himself. Oh, I thought he was doing. I thought that was the courageous part. I, maybe I'm thinking something. No, no, it wasn't Makai Pfeiffer character. You're right. It was the. Uh, uh, what's his name? The the black guy that was G Money. It was the G Money character that killed himself. Well, shout out to Makai Pfeiffer, man. You, you know, you had a budding career. I was rooting for you, and then you just kept getting roles that were just like. When I look back at him now, I'm like, that was fucked up roles. <laughs> okay, wait, hold on. I'm trying to see his. Career. It started off good. He was in Clockers. <laughs> yeah, he got to secure man. the bag some kind of way. <laughs> I guess he was in. High, then he went high school high, but then he was in Soul Food, right? So you're like, oh, okay, he's growing. Then he was in. I still know what you did last summer. He was Bandy's boyfriend, remember? He died. Did he die in that? Yeah. I couldn't remember. I ain't seen it. I only saw it once. Oh. Then that remake Brian song. Yeah, okay, maybe you're right about Makai Fine. <laughs> I'm looking at this. I'm like, Dude, I was looking at it like uh, earlier this week, and I was like, man, Makai Pfeiffer, like, he was like kind of big in my scope of like understanding black actors at the time. And I look back on, it, I was like, he had, he never like lasted in any role, and he never had like the main role. He, I, I was always rooting for him though. Did he count his roles in music videos? He's in a crap load of music videos. Oh yeah, uh, chasing waterfalls. My man was in many, many men by Fifty Cent. The boy is mine. Remember Monica and Brandy? Oh yeah, that was that was the highlight of his acting career. Is that he's being fought <laughs> over by Brandy and Monica? I'll take that. Not about that, he sure was. <laughs> <laughs>
I be dribbling the ball more than you need to in handball just because I got baller skills like that. You know what I'm saying? I'll be able to cross the fools over, use my quickness. And I got an arm because, you know, I play a little baseball too. So, you know, I got I know how to snap that ball. Man, I can be tight at handball. But otherwise, let me get my Cuba Gooden Jr. on and be uh, a sled dogs part five. Did y'all hey. ever know? Did you ever know I used to do Negro Olympics with some of my friends? Oh boy, what did you what guys do this? Consist of? Exactly. It, it, it was, do? Before parkour was parkour, we was doing the Negro Olympics. We oh, was, we was <laughs> except we wasn't doing the heights of parkour that some parkour people were doing. But we was doing like all kinds of stuff, like jumping railings, jumping fences, and stuff like that. You know, uh, uh, you know, it was, it was fun. And, and so, how how much drugs was in your system when you guys did this? I broke my pipe playing it, so. <laughs> So that, that that'll that's that's a clue. That's a clue. <laughs> I had a nice glass pipe that I we you know it was a nice thirty glass pipe, and I was in a hoodie and I was zigzagging, cutting through some some railings. But there's like railings that were probably like up to about like mid belly, so you had to like creep low and cut. And I was zooming, and it whoop, flipped out the pocket and went flying like five feet out the out my pocket and smashed. That was really sad. That was a sad mm-hmm. day. Sad day in my life. That was you know, a sign. you know you know what was sadder. Well, sadder was the fact, Jared, that you guys had too much time on your hand at Davis, and you probably continued it after Davis, but you had too much time on your hands at Davis, man. I, I feel like if I had a time machine, I'll go back and just start writing. Hey, look, man, these are things you could do instead of sitting around <laughs> making up domino rules, having the Negro Olympics where you're jumping over fences for no damn reason. Bro, we was inspired by by John Slade. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Joanna Barclaso, that's her name, Jared. Oh, uh, Snow Dog. She was a Philippine, Canadian Filipino. Oh, okay. I'm surprised she you also, didn't know name off the top of your head. I didn't know. I mean, I remember her, and I remember she was in like, a, what was that That movie with Anthony Edwards, Baby Mama or whatever, Baby Daddy or something, when it was him and like two other people, and they were had, they were like taking care of the babies. They wise them to work. She was Anthony Edwards' uh, Baby Mama. Oh. Dang. So I remember... She wasn't big enough. Yeah, I mean, I just didn't remember her name. She wasn't big enough. She was a model back in the day. Okay. Well, shoot. Sometimes I don't always remember names. I remember a face before I remember a name. Remember faces and fingers. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) You know she had an extra finger. (laughs) Those are things that you notice. You would notice if someone you talk to, a woman you talk, to, you interested you in, you never met her, looking, Aaron. Think she good looking? If you think you she, I'm changing. You see, I'm changing it. I keep changing. <laughs> so you just look up and you're like, oh, she good looking, and you read, oh, she had an extra finger. That would stick with you. You got to hit an Uncle Ruckus clip just for <laughs> uh, Uncle Ruckus. <laughs> good morning, Robert. First of all, white man, let me say that I love you, honor you, envy you, enjoy your smell, and I celebrate you in the name of white Jesus. 